0: Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. That's God's will and plan for every one of His children to triumph and win over every adverse situation, over every problem. And we can because greater is He that's in us than he that's in the world. Say that out loud, why don't you? Greater is he, Greater is he who, is in me who is in me than he who is in the world. In the world. See, if, if you're dealing with something, it's in the world. <laughs> and it, that is not the biggest thing in your life because the one inside you is bigger Bigger. And if He's bigger and His knowledge is bigger and His wisdom is bigger and His strength and power and life is bigger, then you can overcome. You can come out, you can come through it, you can win, you can triumph. You don't have to just give up and quit. That's what faith's about. Faith is a fighter (laughs) and faith is an overcomer. And the scripture said, This is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom. We've saved you a seat in the front. Uh, Turn off everything else and put everything else on pause. Put it off till later. Give this your full attention. It's just a few minutes. And focus, and you will hear from the Lord, and it will be an answer for something today. Father, in Jesus' name, all of us agree together As touching this, asking you for the anointing, the anointing that destroys uh, yokes uh, of the enemy, removes burdens of the enemy, uh, the anointing and and the life of God that quickens and strengthens and delivers and heals and makes whole. Uh, We ask for the manifestation of your spirit for the utterance and ears to hear answers for today, and we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you look, please, in our great textbook, the Bible, in Matthew, the ninth chapter, Matthew chapter nine. For uh, some weeks now, we have been uh, in faith school on the subject of faith for healing. Faith for healing. Uh, for weeks and weeks, we camped out in Hebrews 11. And just talked about you know what faith is and how it functions and how it operates and how it, it's released and if you hadn't heard that uh, go online and and go back to those earlier uh, messages it won't cost you anything there's no charge uh, once we got to the end of that we begin now on what we're calling faith for healing and how does faith come class it comes by hearing. Well, uh, hearing what and faith for what, uh, just because you have a strong faith that your sins are forgiven, that your name's in the Lamb's book of life, that if you died right now, you'd go to, to heaven, doesn't mean you have strong faith for healing. That's a different area. And so depending on what you've heard about healing, your faith would be weak or strong or, or not at all. So you can have strong faith in one area and weak faith or no faith in another area. Well, if my faith was weak for healing, how could I get it built up? How, could I, how does faith come? It comes by hearing. So I need to hear what the Lord said about healing, and I need to hear it and hear it. These things are spiritual, not intellectual. Um, one of the reasons we have faith school and we have it not just for a few days and then say, okay, we got it. It's ongoing is because Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. I know uh, Phyllis, my wife and I had such a breakthrough some 40 plus years ago when, uh, I mean, she grew up Uh, in church, around church, and I grew up around church, different uh, kinds, but um, if you'd have asked either one of us, did we respect the Bible? Uh, Oh yeah. Yeah, we respect the Bible, but uh, we didn't read the Bible on a regular basis. Uh, You would hear verses referred to when you went to church, but uh, there was not the concept of I need to feed on the Word of God every day just like my body needs to eat natural food every day. That concept was foreign to us. And when we found out that that was the case and we began to to feed on some teaching and preaching and some things that was building and nourishing our faith, it changed our life totally. And now we realize we don't need to go for days at a time and weeks at a time and not hear any good anointed word. Uh, Our spirit then would get weak, Uh, and it's not a mental thing. Like I said, just you uh, joining us in faith school, day after day, day after day, week after week, something will happen in you that your head's not even keeping up with. Your spirit will begin to get stronger. You know, we start off the, the class with that. My spirit is fed. My faith grows stronger. That is not uh, theoretical. That's real. That happens in your spirit. And you, you may not realize it because it, it doesn't all just happen boom at once. It happens over a period of time. And what the result is that things that used to seem absolutely impossible to you no longer seem impossible, they seem reachable, they seem obtainable, they seem doable. And what has happened is that thing didn't change, the world didn't get better, um, You know, the enemy's not making things easier. Uh, you got stronger and your faith began, begins to come up and that happens over a period of time. Especially when you talk about you keep feeding your spirit and exercising your faith month after month and year after year. After a few years, you become a different person. I mean a very different person in a good way. Hallelujah. So how many are receiving that and believing that? Well, we've seen that uh, there are about 20 individual cases of healing in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, a number of them are recorded by two or three uh, of the writers. And so what we're doing is taking one by one these individual accounts and studying them. Now there were tens of thousands of people healed in the ministry of Jesus. But most of them, we're not told who they were or what was wrong with them. It's just said they all got healed. But in these cases, We're examining them because this is about healing, so faith for healing is going to come from these. We've already studied the healing of the leper, and the healing of Peter's mother-in-law, and the healing of the paralyzed man. We studied the healing of the nobleman's son, the man with the withered hand, the centurion's servant, Jairus' daughter. And the last one we studied was the woman with the issue of blood, and we spent several weeks on that one, Uh, so rich. And now we're up to number nine, and that's the healing of the two blind men. In Matthew 9 and 27, if you'd look there, this is only recorded uh, in in this one place here in Matthew 9. 27, it says, When Jesus departed thence or from there, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Believe you that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all that country. Let me read this to you from the New Living Translation. Verse 27, it says, After Jesus left the girl's home, and that is Jairus' daughter. These, these three actually are connected. Uh, the previous two that we've studied in this one, it was Jairus' daughter that Jesus went and ministered to her and she was raised from the dead and healed and then we saw that in the middle of that the woman with the issue of blood came and pressed through and touched his garment and was healed and then he went on to Jairus house and ministered to her and uh, now on the way leaving Jairus house these two blind men uh, began to follow him And it says, they followed along behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. Shouting loudly, another translation said. They kept calling out. Verse 28, they went right into the house where he was staying. And Jesus asked them, do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. Then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. King James says, according to your faith. Then their eyes were opened and they could see. And Jesus sternly warned them, don't tell anyone about this. But instead, they went out and spread his fame all over the region. So this is the account of two men who were blind, who could not see. And the first thing we see is the way this account is, is the recording of it begins. They're following Jesus, calling for him. Following and calling. And uh, apparently, he didn't just immediately respond and uh, stop and minister to them right there on the point. He kept going till he got to the house, and they followed him all the way to the house. And then when he went in the house, they just went right in the house <laughs> behind him, and kept on uh, asking him and calling, you know, Son of David, have mercy on us, Son of David, have mercy on us. And then when they they got in the house, <laughs> and they're still saying this, and Jesus responds to him, and he says, Do you believe I'm able to do this? Yes. And so he touched them and said, according to your faith. Hear this now. Do you believe I'm able to do this? Yes. Then, according to what you believe, be it done unto you, and then we see what they believed because immediately their eyes could see. Is this fantasy? Is this imaginary? If you believe the Bible, you have to believe this is historically accurate. These two men have names. They lived during this time. They were blind. And you have to believe, if you believe the Bible, that uh, Jesus, when he touched them and said, according to your faith, be it unto you, like we talked about last week, unseen power changed uh, their, their eyes, their visible physical body. Whatever was wrong with the eyes was, was changed. Now, you'll hear some people say, oh, that's, you know, that's just fantasy. That's just, I, I can't believe in all that. Well, you already do. We, we believe in unseen forces. You already believe that energy can change and affect matter. If you've been paying any attention at all, Um, we talked about how magnetic forces uh, will draw each other together or push each other apart. How electricity is God's power in the uh, the natural and how it it, it can be, I mean, electricity is coming to the receptacles in the walls uh, of this building, of your house, wherever you may be. And... uh, and you could say, well, I don't see any power. I don't feel any power. Well, it's there. Well, I, I need, I just. we need to get the, the power company to send some power. No, you don't. It's there, <laughs> right? You just have to give it a path to flow. So the power was there. We've seen on the previous instance where it says uh, uh, where the uh, man who was paralyzed was brought by his four friends. And it said that even before they got there, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Over in Luke 5, it says that. And so the power was there, even though nobody's being healed. Nothing's happening. Nothing's manifesting. And we see that it was the individual's faith that gave action to the power. According to your faith Be it unto you. That's what Jesus said. Everybody said out loud, according to your faith. According to your faith. Be it unto you. Be it unto you. According to your faith. According according. It's what's going to happen is directly tied to what you believe. Did Jesus say this? Did Jesus reveal this? Not just once. Not just twice. Not just five times, six times, eight times. You'll see over it. We've already seen We're just up to number nine, and we've seen this over and over again. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has saved you. As you have believed, be it done unto you, according to your faith. The reason I keep saying that is because that's not what most of the church world is emphasizing. That is not. That's not what what you hear preached in most churches and most places. What you hear emphasized is God's power and God's will. God can do something. He can do anything. Uh, that's preached. If it's His will. And well, how are we going to know if it's His will or not? Well, if it happened, it was His will. If it didn't happen, must not have been His will. No, 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 no. That, that's trying to say that everything that happens or doesn't happen is the will of God. And the scripture tells us, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you can prove what's that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If everything is the will of God, you don't need to uh, discern the will of God. You don't need to purpose not to be foolish, but to find out and know what the will of God, because all you got to do is wake up and look around. That's the will of God. Everything that's happening is the will of God. If it didn't happen, it's the will of God. You don't have to get help to find the will of God or discern the will of God. And the Bible teaches us that we must make an effort to discern what's His will and what is not His will. And the Bible is one of the principal uh, things given to us to help ascertain that. And of course, the author of the book, the Spirit of God, lives in us. But Jesus... Uh, said these wonderful, amazing words. We should meditate on them. We should dwell on them until we get rid of the religious junk and see how things really operate. How were they healed? According to their Jesus faith? No. According to the anointing on his life? No. According to the mysterious will of God? No. Could the Lord have said that if he wanted to? Could he have said, my power has made you whole? If that's been the thing to emphasize, that's what he would have said over and over again. If the will of God was the primary thing, he could have said that every time. He could have said, rejoice. It was the will of God for you to be healed. Uh, You know, it's great. It was the will of God. It was the timing of God. He never said that on one of these instances, not once. What he did say. Over and over and over again, He emphasized their faith. Your faith made it happen. Your faith saved you. It'll happen just like you believed. It'll happen according to, we could say proportional to, connected to, your faith. We saw uh, last week with the uh, woman with the issue of blood. She said... If I can just touch the hem of his clothes, I'll be made whole. And so she pressed through and touched and was made whole. And then Jesus said, who touched me? And she told him, and he said, your faith has made you whole. Did it happen exactly like she said? Exactly like she said. Exactly. And exactly when she said, not when the Lord said, when she said. And the reason I keep going over this is because it's not that it's so hard to understand. It's that the enemy hates this. (laughs) This is a big problem for him. If we get the revelation that it's not all up to God and we begin to find out that our faith is a major component in this and we start feeding our faith and using our faith and laying hold with our faith, then the enemy cannot stop miraculous things from happening in our life. He cannot prevent it. He cannot. And so He has done everything He can to muddy the waters, to confuse everybody about it, to confuse the preachers, to confuse the laity, but the Word is correct. The Word is true and right no matter how much uh, you know, society changes or religion changes or uh, ideas fluctuate and And vacillate, God's word doesn't change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said heaven and earth will pass away, but not my word. Not my word. My word, his word endures forever. The incorruptible word of God. Look with me earlier in this account. When Jesus departed from there, verse 27, the two blind men followed him crying and saying, And in verse 28, when he came into the house, they came to him. They came on into the house. Faith is not passive. We've said this before uh, in teaching on these things, but it'll bear repetition. Faith is not passive. Go ahead and say it out loud, class. Faith Faith is is not not passive. passive. Uh, Are these guys, these two blind men, Are they sitting somewhere uh, waiting for somebody to notice them? Waiting for Jesus to notice them? No. No. They got up. Of course, it's not easy to move around. They can't see. But they heard. obviously heard about what Jesus was doing. I don't know. Maybe they heard uh, about what just happened. You know, him coming from Jairus' house. And, and this little girl raised from the dead and healed. Maybe, he just, maybe they had heard uh, just not, you know, moments before that, the healing of the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, anyway, something they heard motivated them. Because you don't go to this kind of effort and keep on uh, pursuing unless you're convinced something's happening and something can happen for me. And when you're persuaded of that and convinced of that, you will just keep going. You will just keep after it. Faith is aggressive. Faith is relentless. Faith lays hold. Faith takes. Now, that's not what religion will teach you. Religion will teach you to hush. And go sit down, and be quiet. Right? Shh, shh. Show some respect, and and just wait. And if the Lord wants to do something for you, He, in His own good time and His own good way, if and when He decides to, He will. But you need to sit down and be quiet. That's religion. That's not Jesus. I said that's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. That's not real faith. That's not God. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Luke. Well, I tell you what, uh, for time's sake, uh, let's do it this way first. Go to James, 8, uh, James 4, 8, and then we'll work our way to Luke. But James 4 and 8, it, the Lord said, uh, draw near to me, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The NIV says, come near to God, and he will come near to you. The Amplified says, come close to God, and he will come close to you. Who is to uh, initiate? (laughs) You is the understood subject. You come near to God, uh, and then he will respond and come near to you. That's not how many people think. They think, well, well, you know, I'm waiting on God. Well, no. God's already moved. He made the first move. Huh? Yes. And what a move. <laughs> he made the first move, and the move was the, preparing a plan of redemption before the Garden of Eden. And then, at the right time, Jesus was born, and and Uh, went to the cross and paid the price God has moved and so everything has been bought has been procured and bought and paid for and is given by grace and made available by grace and the Lord has called come to me all that hunger and thirst come to me all that labor and are heavy laden I'll give you rest come to me so whose turn is it to move It's not his. It's not his. That's why the scripture then says, you draw near to God. He's called you. He's made it available. So you, you go after him. You come for him. Is that what these two blind men were doing? Were they they going for Jesus? Well, that's why they're in the book. Right? Not just sitting back, being passive, crying and feeling sorry for yourself, feeling defeated like a victim, wondering why nobody called you. Wondering why nobody checks on me. I guess somebody could just lay up here and die. Yeah, they sure can. <laughs> they can. <laughs> nobody will check on them. Why, you got to get rid of the stuff about people owing you something. This is wrong. This is not grace. And why do you deserve all of these things that you imagine? No, God has paid attention to us. He has given us something. It's our move. Somebody say, it's our move, it's our move, move. He's already made the the big move. It's our move, so now that's why it says, we are to draw nigh to Him, and if you do that, He won't leave you hanging. You go for a high five with Jesus, (laughs) you lean in and come in close, you will get a response. You will. He is good, He is faithful, He is gracious. Say it out loud, Father God, Father God I, draw I draw near to you. I reach out for you. I, reach out for you. I, believe, in you. I believe in you. Thank you for responding to me and coming close to me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And that's it. Our time is up for the class today. But you can see we've just begun on this. Come back with us tomorrow. We'll see you soon here in Faith School.